You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 289 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's been happening in Gina world? Well, we had uh, we got to hang out this week, Val, didn't we? We did. It was, it was really awesome. good. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was so great. good. We uh, uh, so highlights for me was uh, we we binge watched uh, Succession starting from the Again. start. Yep. Yes, mm. we binge ate. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, boy, did we binge for Australia, and we found a new yes. favourite thing, which was the hot cross bun. Which yep. uh, is that a universal thing? So uh, it's like uh, I think it's so. well, basically, you sure. know, if you don't have hot cross buns in your country, it's like a sweet bread, pretty much. They bring them out at Easter, but they're actually mm. available all year round. But you, they're called fruit buns. They're then. called fruit buns. Uh, we got the ones without. We tried chocolate ones first. Very they sweet. Right. They were all right, but then we found the ones that are um, free of um, fruit. And they, and, yeah. and they from remind Woolworths. me so much of a brioche from Italy or mm. the cake bread that comes from the Philippines. Yeah, uh, that, the that cake sort bread. of it's it is it's a cross between cake and bread, and mm. we ate those for Australia with lots of butter. Uh, and yeah, then fi- I was so happy to find another person that has the same love of butter that yeah. because it's like <laughs> I always when I'm ordering in a cafe I always insist that if if it's something like I'm ordering toast or anything that has butter on it I always ask for the butter on the side and bring yeah. bring lots and then you said that you ask for more than you think I need. Bring just bring <laughs> yes. more than you think I need. So I think yeah. we went through maybe half a stick of butter as well. Uh, yeah. So it was a, a a great week. It was really fun to hang out. It was very fun. It was excellent. I loved it. And um, yeah, so now I am back in Sydney, and uh, um, we. We're not in the same state anymore. No, we can't no, do so it's watch, a, no, binge watch. No, no, no. So, so we'll just have to do that via FaceTime, which is what a lot of people <laughs> will be doing. I think that uh, there are a lot of people now around the world, many more countries now in uh, where people are either quarantined, self-isolation, but there is mm. a big shutdown going on. Uh, so I want to start and say just a, a big shout out to, I know we have a lot of listeners who are frontline workers, so doctors, nurses, cleaners, delivery drivers, all the essential services that are out there uh, working hard for us. Uh, a big thank you and, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, entertain you with this episode and, uh, you know, have a bit of fun as well. So um, also, Val, mm-hmm. very excited to share with you that this week's yes. gorgeous, gorgeous podcast cover 
is uh, was taken by Gold member Judy Bruner. And now Judy has been a member of the Gold community since the very start, so for all, yeah. over four years now. And uh, she says that this stunning image of two bluebirds, like she spent two hours in my bird studio early this morning with my coffee, soaking up some much-needed peace. I was rewarded with this, a bluebird pair. And she said she, she was shooting with her prime and she was focused on the male, which is the more colourful of the bird, yeah, right? So the males blue. get a more colourful and the poor females are sort of not as colourful. That's how you tell the difference, <laughs> I think. And uh, mm-hmm. she said she didn't even notice that the, the female was there. And, um, you know, uh, so this was a, an exciting uh, moment for her. Fantastic shot. Judy, it's so perfect for this time and uh, I just am so so excited to uh, share this image with the world and have it on the cover. Amazing. I absolutely love this shot. In fact, I was scrolling through my Facebook feed when this came up and it stopped me in my tracks and I loved it so much I saved it and I was going to comment to Judy but I'll just comment here that I absolutely love it. I think it's gorgeous. The two bluebirds are facing inward in the shot and they're on different sort of twigs or sticks um and uh it's a great example also of the fibonacci rule um one is slightly higher than the other and um uh the and and the way they are placed it just flows perfectly in terms of the composition and the background which is trees um the depth of field is such that it's blurred out so that so that it's just sort of this you know vague background so that you really focus on the birds and I, I I love it absolutely love it and even better Val they're both looking at each other so your yes, eye you. has so much to look at and even though there is uh, I don't know 80% of the image is the blurred background right and there's just mm. like a tiny amount of the image is the actual bird and the sticks your eye goes first to the male and then along mm. the stick and then over to the female because we always mm. as humans will look to a face and then we will then look to where that face is looking, which is a really yes. good way to um, when you're ever you're creating a design and you want to have an image with text, you and you have uh, someone that's looking at the text, it's going to naturally mm. guide the viewer to that text. So, uh, well done, beautiful image, made me so happy. Absolutely well done. Go Judy. Um, <laughs> if you want to check her out, it's Judy Bruner, B-R-U-N-E-R. Her work is um, awesome. All right. So, yeah, Judy is one of the members of the Gold community and they are also a fantastic dynamic community of f- f- photographers from all walks of life and all different levels. If you want to find out a bit more about it, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold community. I love working with members of my Gold community. It's incredible to see them grow and develop as photographers. Here's what Kim Partridge had to say. So I joined, I think, last July time after listening to the podcast for a little while and absolutely fantastic. I've been in there on a couple of occasions when I've been really stressed or I've had problems on a shoot and not only have I had fantastic encouragement from other members um, but also like spot-on advice quickly when needed from, from Gina. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fantastic experience. How have you changed in terms of how you are as a photographer when you first came in to today? Just immensely. Um, I mean, when you look, if I look at my shots personally from, from day one and then look at 
how I'm shooting now and just the way I'm taking my time more, composing differently, uh, using so many different tools that you've taught me over the course of this week is, yeah, incomparable. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to genomilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so what have we got this week, Gina? All right, so this week I uh, thought, so like as I said, as many more of us around the world are being told to self-isolate, it feels like, you know, the world gave us uh, this bucket of lemons to suck on. (laughs) So you've got two two choices in life. You you know, we can sit there and complain and, and, you know, moan and groan and, and binge watch Netflix and do nothing with this time, or we can... Get out there and make lemon meringue pie, lemon cello, <laughs> lemon gelato, oh, margaritas. Oh, this yeah. is the best time to just say at five o'clock, okay, I'm going to get a little bit day drunk now. I might have a cocktail hour. I might, you know, get online. Um and I've got a heap of suggestions, but, you know, in all seriousness, it's a good time to um, make sure that you take care of your mental health. So you might want to start a five o'clock cocktail hour where you do a group uh, group chat with your friends just to mm. check in, see how everything's going and make it social. And then you might want to, you know, do that with, with uh, friends, talk about the day, what, you, what you've been doing, what are you binge watching and uh, share all of that. It's important to, you know, keep in touch and, uh, you know, get on the phone, hear someone's voice, not just text. Um, and I think it's uh, really important that you, you know, use this time to even, um, as I said, support local industries. So if you've still got restaurants that are delivering takeout in your area, make sure that you support them so we're, they're still here when this all ends. So order takeaway food, you know, once a week or once twice, you know, once every fortnight uh, if you can. And, uh, you know, things like looking after your health. I know this is not photography related, but it kind of is because if you feel good, you're going to be able to um, have more uh, energy and more more creativity throughout the day. So I encourage you to do online uh, exercise classes. There's heaps of uh, yoga and meditation Mm. apps that are free that you can follow along. And I don't think there is a better. I've been meditating for like 10 years, 11 years now. And this is what keeps me zen and sane. And uh, it is a wonderful thing to do. There is no better time like now uh, to do it because we are just bombarded with lots of um, stuff, news 24-7. It's changing so rapidly. So try and find that little bit of zen uh, that you can. I said this last week, I'm going to say it again, limit your social media. Don't just, again, Mm. go to reputable news services, not what Jan from Accounts is saying on her Facebook uh, feed because most most of the stuff on Facebook that is news is crap. It's rubbish. So go, so, so wrong. In fact, I am now reporting it as false news. Yes, good. People who are spreading the wrong thing because I go and research it and yes. it's just so wrong, like ridiculously yeah. wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, I'm now reporting it as false news. Yeah. So 
Look, social media is fantastic, but use it to to um, to keep up with friends. This is what fantastic. You know, I was just talking to my family last night in Italy, and it's because of social media that I can do that. So I'm very grateful for that, and I can also see their Facebook posts. I can I've been watching what they've been cooking and how creative they are with their meals. Fantastic for that. It's not the place to go for news. It's also fantastic for funny memes. <laughs> mm. And there's been some rippers. And, you know, use it for entertainment. Uh, are fantastic. So uh, I think uh, that is a good thing to do. Another thing that you're going to find yourself, so many of you uh, I know have corporate sponsors. Uh, <laughs> so for new listeners, uh, a corporate sponsor is what I describe as someone who has a job along with their photography side hustle. So you're used to working in an office and going to work. And so now many of you are working from home. So there are mm. some strategies to cope with working from home. Both you and I, Val, work from home. And uh, mm. what sort of things do you – because I think this in this time it's easy to kind of um, stay in bed and sort of get rid of your regular routines, which I think it's really important in this time to try and keep a routine and um, try and stick to that as much as possible, which is one of the tips that I suggest for working from home. And also – no matter how small the space you have that you're living in, maybe if you can try and just designate um, a little corner of a room that, like, okay, where you can have your laptop or desktop set up so that you can work from that and just know that that little corner, that's where I work from. But then when you step away from that space, just that psychological um, advantage of being able to say, I'm no longer at work now, now I'm at home. Now I'm, this is my leisure time and separate the two. Have you got any um, tips? Tips to add to that, Val? Just mainly get out of your pyjamas first thing. <laughs> get dressed and start the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while I don't do this, a friend of mine, yeah, what I mean is have kind of a, a thing that marks the start of your day. For yes. mine, it's having a cup of tea. Um, and then I get started after that. Um, a guy I know, he used to drive around the block. <laughs> that's right that's so cute and then drive back in and then he'd start yeah. the day so that was and, a bit strange but and okay. I, I think that's really important because it signals you know and I know that um when I finish my day I turn off my computers and I leave exit the room that I've set up as my office and it's like I am no longer at work and I, I think that's really important to set those boundaries Another thing uh, that I just loved this, I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, but it's okay. So suddenly you're in a new workspace and your co-workers are either your kids or your pets, right? Mm. And so on this podcast, I heard them that they refer, now they refer to, um, uh, instead of calling their, their kids by their names, saying my, referring to them as kids or pets, you now refer to them all as co-workers. And so, <laughs> and so um, I can now tell you that, uh, oh, yeah, Val, uh, my co-worker won't stop licking his balls <laughs> and my other co-worker came in late and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> my co-worker just pooed right next to you <laughs> there you go and it just makes it a bit more entertaining and so i'm sure when these kids they're going to be you know doing all sorts of things and it just makes uh the day a bit more fun and i think we all need to be able to have a good laugh at the moment too so i i just loved that so um <laughs> let's have some uh some um 
tips that we can use in this time to up our photography game as well. So one thing that I thought of this week is like, I know everyone has tons and tons and tons of photos that you've taken on your last trip, your last holiday, or if you've got kids or their baby photos. If your children were born in the last, say, 15 years, chances are all the images are digital and they're all sitting on hard drive somewhere. You, We have time right now. No better time. Make a digital book out of them yeah. so, so like make a book as actually make a hardcover book so you can go to uh websites like blurb download yeah. the app so easy to use they've actually got all these amazing templates that you can you know templates that are just specifically for travel um, photography or there might be that you might want to make a book of your portfolio and i've been meaning to do this for ages so Guys, freelance photographers, when you get back out there, you might want to create, say, three or four uh, mini books uh, that you can send out to clients or give as gifts. They're not that expensive to make. It's the time that it takes that that is the expensive part. So you need to spend some time. We have time. So this is a great project to work on. So you can work on, A, the family photos or the baby photos. So you might want to create an album for all your kids. You might want to create one for your pets. So, you know, you can dig up the photos of the pets as kittens all the way to, you know, in their adult years, all those beautiful images and make a memory book of the pets or Mm. the one of your... um, folio or you might have a specific place a country that you've been to you might have a stack of images of photos of venice create a book Mm. venice you know go search out beautiful quotes or you know work on some writing that you can add and include with the images and that is a great thing to do uh to um make use of this time that we have right now uh next up val yeah. This is a great time for all photographers to polish their bio. So oh, write yeah. a really yeah. good one, okay? And, yeah. um, you know, because a lot of photographers might not have one or it's very basic or it's been mm. written by someone else or you just don't love it. So here's a great opportunity to write a great bio. And um, I think, Val, I'm going to get you to do this with the gold members, maybe do a tutorial for them yeah. and all the tips they need. But while we've got you here now, do you have any tips for the listeners of what's the best thing that, what, what tips do you suggest when someone's working on their bio? What should we include? What should we leave sure. out? So if it's your bio as a photographer, I think that one of the most important things is to remember that it doesn't need to be your life story and that your bio is not a resume. Your bio is meant to sell you as in, well, particularly if your bio is on your website or on a brochure or something like that. And the purpose of your bio is to convince people that you have the background and expertise to take their photos or engage you in whatever, you know, um, shoot that they want. So the biggest mistake people make is they kind of get uh, what's on their resume and put it in sentences. And one of the things that people do is they start with, they start at the very beginning, you know, because we're all, um, we all watch the sound of music. (laughs) Start at the very beginning because that's a very good place to start. Well, it's not. So the sound of music was wrong. So in fact, you should always start with a here and now. So what I mean by that is that even if you're a photographer and you might be in Seattle and you might specialize in weddings or whatever, um, 
uh, I often see bios that will say something like, um, uh, John started his life off as a physical education teacher, but then realised that he was really passionate about um, images and blah, 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 blah. And it takes a while or a, mm. a paragraph or two before you get to the fact that you're in Seattle and that you're a wedding photographer and maybe you're a wedding photographer specialising in, I don't know, rural weddings or something, I don't know. So start with the here and now with what exactly it is that you want people know, to know about you now. Right. So it should start with John is um, one of um, Seattle's most popular wedding photographers specialising in country weddings. And you know, and yeah. and then if you want to include your background, you kind of do reverse chronological rather than uh, chronological, and that is the mistake people make. And because what happens is that they build up their and and take people on the journey of their career so far, and then end with the punchline. And now, I'm I love taking weddings in rural locations, but in fact, the punchline should go at the very start. So if there's one thing that you take away from this, and I will give the girl community um, a more comprehensive, uh, you know, template and stuff. But um, if there's one thing that listeners can take away from the, this, it is very much start with the here and now. Don't wait till three or five paragraphs later for the punchline. Go with the punchline first, so to speak. Fantastic. So that's some tips for you. That's great tips. All right, so hopefully everyone will get out there and start writing a good bio. The other one, Val, mm. that I suggest you do, and because, again, you've got time, and this is yeah. something that you can practice for five minutes a day, and this is so essential, and everyone messes this up, and that is your perfect elevator pitch and so what mm. I mean by that is when you bump into someone at a barbecue or at a party yeah. and somewhere and they say hey so what is it that you do and you'll go yeah I'm a, I'm a, I'm a photographer and most people mm. will stumble on that if they don't believe in themselves enough and then they'll go oh yeah weddings and you go nah I, I do I do like lots of stuff and that and then and then is you, that how they talk Gina that's how I've done it I've done it myself like I've sat there and just broken out into a sweat and yeah. gone no I don't do weddings I kind of do I do everything I do some you know and then you're falling over your words and that that chance meeting with someone is an opportunity to impress them and have that little elevator pitch. So you might yes. be bumping into someone and you've got like, really, you've got their attention for what is it, 30 seconds, Val? Yeah. That You want to yeah. capture their attention. So you want to have this sharp, snappy little um, elevator pitch ready. And this is another area of expertise that you have, Val. So what do you recommend that people do to uh, create that, that little elevator pitch? How long should it be? What should yeah, you sure. say? How do you work it out? So, I mean, I could talk for an entire episode on this, but I'll try and give you the short version. So an elevator pitch should be short. <laughs> um, it should just really be a sentence. Uh, it, it's not a whole paragraph. It's not this big, long spiel because you you know, people have stopped listening by then. You want to, you want to pique their interest with a short elevator pitch and then chances are they'll go, oh, and how do you do that or whatever. So the thing is that a lot of photographers, um, they do say, like what you just said, they say, oh, yeah, I take photos of anything. I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this or whatever. Um, but in fact, you will get further if you niche. And of course, um, um, 
North American niche. friends say niche, niche, but I can't bring myself to say niche because I've never niche. said it. So um, you will <laughs> you will actually uh, help yourself and help the person you are talking to a lot more if you do niche or niche, uh, as in if, if you describe what the area of specialisation is that you um, are into. Now, for those photographers out there or aspiring photographers who are currently thinking, but I don't even have enough work to niche or specialize right now, I need to take everything I can get. That's fine. I'll address that in a second. So bear with me. But for those of you who do have a particular specialization, um, it's it's not useful to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take photos of anything. You know, I do corporate headshots, I do senior portraits, I do pets, I do whatever, <laughs> weddings. Um, uh, it's it's far more useful to ensure that you talk about the target market that you are aiming for and the type of photography that you do and why you love it. So, for example, you might say, well, presumably, you know, they, they you know, you meet somebody and um, you're introducing yourself and you can say, well, I'm a photographer specializing um, in shooting or photographing busy entrepreneurs who want to position themselves as experts in their field. So you can see how specific that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So then... If you happen to be talking to one immediately, they've got they're going to resonate with you, or or they will know a friend who will resonate with you because you've perfectly described that person. So if you can um, uh, hone your elevator pitch to ensure that your ideal target market is identified, so for that person it was busy entrepreneurs, um, but specifically busy entrepreneurs who. Uh, want to position themselves as experts in their field. So it's 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 really, really, um, it, it's honing it even more. You might even hone it further by saying, by selling online, you know, yep. potentially. Um, and then you might add an, the second half of the sentence, which is, um, uh, and want um, a suite of uh, photographs that they can use in all of their online marketing. Right. right. So you're also telling how you're doing it. Yeah. Yep. Because it's you, you're going to provide people with a suite of photographs that are ideal for online marketing. Now, right. that's just one example. But of course, you could be something else like the wedding photographer who specializes in, um, you know, rural weddings. Uh, so think about your elevator pitch and thinking, think about specializing um, and honing it right down to that granular level. Yes. Now, for those people who say, but I actually am in a financial position such that I need to take everything, uh, all the jobs I can get, I can't just take, uh, you know, there aren't enough jobs out there that are uh, for, you know, they don't meet enough busy entrepreneurs who want to specialise, you know, who want to position themselves as experts in their field, then that's fine. So what I would say is you need to read your, the person that you're talking to. So, for example, if they if you are at a business networking function, that elevator pitch is still perfect. But mm. if you're at the school gate and you're happy to you you're happy to take senior portraits, then you you don't have to use the same elevator pitch. You would 
probably have, you know, maybe three elevator pitches up your sleeve, one for a business environment, one for a school gate, and one for a social setting, perhaps. So the school gate might be, um, uh, I'm a photographer, you know, based in Georgetown, and I specialize in taking senior portraits um, of individuals and as, as well as as groups where each um, senior gets to leave with five different looks. I'm making that up. I don't really yeah, know yeah, yeah. what no, happens in senior portraits, but, you know. Um, but then in a social setting, and it depends, of course, what you do, but maybe you would then um, have your elevator pitch about pet photography. I don't yeah. know. It depends what you're into. So you don't have to have just one elevator pitch is my point. You can have a few or a couple up your sleeve and you just pull out the one that's appropriate for the person that you're speaking to or the group that you're speaking to at the time. So that's my tips on elevator pitches. Fantastic. And then practice them and say them often so that you're not falling over and stumbling over your words. Now, the first time you do this, it feels awkward but not the 10th or the 20th time. So it's something that, you know, if you're self-isolating at home, uh, set your iPhone up on on a ledge or on a little stand and actually Mm. record yourself saying it, you know. Mm. Don't worry about if the neighbours can see in and see Mm -hmm. that you're talking to yourself. Don't worry. Just We've got to all stop caring what people think of us because they don't. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. So practice this. And have a look and, and watch yourself back. And it's like, okay, so how, what happens to your body language when you say something that you don't believe? You actually make yourself smaller. You'll hunch your shoulders. You might talk with your hands or you'll, you'll just show them that you don't actually believe it. And it's people are reading micro expressions rather than what you're saying. So you've got to keep practicing it. And it might be the first thing after you've done all the other regular routine, like you said, Val, you have your cup of tea before you start work. I make sure I've made my bed. And you commented on, I've got too many pillows on my bed. Yeah, you do. You've got so Gina's got like important. a thousand cushions on her bed, and to me, it's just such a waste of time. She just thought it was a waste of time. I'm like, it's important because it's like to me, having um, a bed that looks lovely at the start of the day to me is the first win. Getting that, getting the exercise in and the meditation is the second. Th- these are all important steps, and, and then just going to be clear and a bed to everyone, ready to go into is beautiful. And just to be clear to everyone, I was there because I was getting Tiger, the cat, off her bed. I wasn't, you know, in it. (laughs) So what was my point? What was I saying? So practice... Practice yeah, but when you practice, here's the thing. If you language. practice if you practice a number of times and you're still stumbling over it, you may need to rewrite it. Don't hit your head against the brick wall. They're actually you may have actually phrased it in such a way that is awkward. Yeah. So you know, tweak it until it comes out more naturally. And then practice and maybe it's probably the fa- your fam don't practice with your family because that's not good if you've got a good mm. friend that you can facetime with and say hey i just want to run this by you then do that but i think this sort of stuff just just keep practicing it and keep recording it and do it every day and it'll take you a few days to then you, you'll feel the difference in this like i oh, actually i can own this i feel confident in saying it and if you can do that, then when you get back out and about, it it's going to change your life because you'll be selling your work without feeling salesy. It'll just slip into conversation. 
Oh, yeah, I'm a pet photographer. I specialize in, you know, you can be specific, this particular breed of dogs, you know, Mm, outdoor portraits, right? So I think that's a couple of uh, really good things that you can do there with this, uh, this time that you have. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, I'll have some more tips for you guys next week and we'll keep rolling them out until we're all back out in, um, in real life again. So <laughs> the other thing that I want to do is uh, I want to start getting and promoting you guys out there and seeing more of your work. So uh, what I started last week with the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group, or I think I started it a couple of weeks ago, is I'm giving you an opportunity to be the banner photo, the photographer that takes the banner photo for the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. So that image is then seen by thousands and thousands of people all around the world and this week's image is uh, by Marty Hitchens so congratulations on a beautiful shot that she photographed in Grand Haven Michigan top yeah, it's beautiful top, beautiful it's in the shot. Facebook group so yeah. if you're not sure where that is go to Facebook and search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and request to join we'd love to have you in there fantastic photographers from all around the world and that is where Marty's shot is and I absolutely love that shot for some reason it reminds me of the great Gatsby and it reminds oh, me of yeah. and I and I read it and I and I look at this this photo and I just think to myself the, the final lines of the Ga- Great Gatsby. So, Marty, well, that's what brings to mind. Yeah, this 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 image uh, I think would be uh, a fantastic book on a book cover. You could just see it, can't you? On a, you know, uh, you could see it in a lot of places. So, uh, amazing shot. So, what I'm going to introduce uh, starting this week is we're bringing the photo challenge back. So, um, this photo week, challenge. photo yeah. challenge. So, um, this is where you can share your images, and each week I will give you a different photo challenge. And uh, this hopefully will be give you an opportunity to follow the challenge and build on your skills. So, when I say it's a photo challenge, I'm not accepting images that were taken three years ago or two, two, even two weeks ago. They have to be taken this week. Um, so uh, mm. that's really important that you actually do and follow the challenge. So that, that's uh, step one. So make sure that you're doing it. So this week, Val, um, mm-hmm. we've got window light. And what I've done is I've split the challenges into two categories. So you've got beginners and the more advanced photographers because we've got a, a variety of skill levels in the group. So I've got a way that if you're just starting out that you can do the challenge. And then if you're a more advanced photographer, I've got a way to make the challenge even harder for you so that you can really push and test your skills. So what we're going to do this week, as I said, window light. So majority of people are now hold up at home unless you're one of those essential services workers. So um, I thought we'd start with window light. And what I want you to do is start with um, either, if you're living at home, you can either use a, uh, do it as a self-portrait or you can use uh, a model and that can be a little Barbie doll, a Lego, mm. uh, a Ninja Turtle. Or a or child. A st- or a child. Yeah, a uh, person. 
or a styrofoam head that you can mm. use. But but no, this is people are living at home. So, you know, um, mm. so you can use a toy or a self-portrait. If you've mm. got other people, then you can rope uh, other members of the family in. I think, you know, yeah. as this goes a little bit longer, they'll be so bored that they'll they'll want to have that, that excuse to do something. So and, and you can use a doll because in my Facebook feed this morning, apart from Judy's fantastic image, there was Christy Hurd's oh. great <laughs> yeah. image. Yes. Spider-Man, like looking really groovy. I'm so loving Christie's stuff. Yeah, I've been hanging out for. I've just been waiting. I was thinking just the other day. I'm wondering when Christie's going to bring out her doll images, and there they were today, which yeah. was uh, quite so a good. treat. But so what you do is uh, find a. Obviously, this needs to be done at day in daylight. It doesn't work at night. Mm. <laughs> the images are too dark. So yeah. you want to place your model. Um, in two meters in front of a window, okay, so um, so that the light is hitting your model, and then you're going to position yourself and your camera so that the window is at your back. Does that make yep. sense? Yep, yep. So you're like zero to one meter from the, your model, and you, you, like it, dist, how far you are from your model and the distance to the window is going to depend on the focal length that you choose to shoot with. So if you're shooting on a shallow, a, a sort of a shorter focal length, like 50 millimetres, you can afford to be a lot closer to your model. So it's, I, I kind of want you to focus on portraits, like fill the frame with the face. So um, get as close as you can to fill the frame. Now, you've got another opportunity for beginners now that once you've filled the frame, you're going to find that the normal standby default uh, of most beginner photographers is they'll focus, their focus point will be dead center of the image because that's the default focus point on most cameras. So from here, this is where you're going to spend some time learning to move your focus point. And what you want to do is move the focus point so that it's over the eye. Now, it'll be a three-week uh, podcast if I sit here and tell you how every different camera has, you know, manufacturer, you know, mm -hmm. gives you, shows you how to change the focus point. So it's just a matter of jumping on YouTube, entering in your camera model and uh, working out how to change the focus points. For some cameras, it's just a matter of hitting a toggle at the back of the camera. Um, earlier models, you might have to go into the menu and actually activate uh, the focus points and change them. So this is actually one of the best 30 minutes of research you'll ever do in your life and it's going to change your life if you haven't learned how to do this it will I promise change your life because you'll be able to um, fill the frame and focus on the areas that you want to focus on so this is a learnt skill and it's muscle memory and once you get it you'll never forget how to do it it'll just come naturally but I warn you it's going to feel a little bit awkward when you start but once you get it it's easy I promise um, okay. So you're filling the frame and you're moving the focus point so that it's over the eyes. What I want you to notice is that the light flooding in on the face, and it depends on also the time of day that you do it, it's going the light's going to be slightly different. So I, I 
I really suggest that over the course of a few days, you try doing this in the early morning, you try midday, you try late afternoon, you try mid-morning, and then you'll find there's a sweet spot where the sun, the light is entering that particular window that you've chosen in the right direction and you'll get like better lighting. So that's what I want you to notice because this activity is all about seeing light. This is, again, aside from moving the focus points, probably the most important day in a photographer's life when they realize they can see the difference in the quality of light. So what I want you to notice is how that light coming from behind you is filling all the little lines and um, wrinkles in that person's face Mm. and how flat that lighting is. So this is uh, very similar to garage lighting. And once you see this, you can't unsee it again. And now you're becoming a lighting ninja. You're on your way to being able to read a room and be able to find where the beautiful light is. So while you're doing that, you can also um, experiment with uh, focal length and filling the frame and also experiment with the crop. So you want to try close up and you can go right in close and maybe take a detail of the eyes, take a tight, tight shot of someone's eyes if you have a model. And I want you to notice the catch lights. And what you'll see is that the window that you have behind you is reflected in the eyes. And so now you can maybe look around the room and say, hey, all right, this was a small window. What happens if I if you happen to have in your house larger windows what happens if I work at this window how do the catch lights look how does that change the lighting and you can actually even if you live in a tiny you know a tiny apartment you would have different different windows you could even try the louvered windows that you get in a in the bathroom in the toilet where they're they're up high um, because that's going to change the kind of lighting that you get so experiment but while you're doing it I suggest you have a notebook next to you and you take a record of what you're doing record the time of day record where the light was and I also want you to record whether it was sunny outside or whether it was a bit overcast because that's going to make a difference to the quality of the light you get all right so that's Mm -hmm. uh that's pretty simple as a start um Next, uh, what I want you to do is we're going to swap that lighting a little bit and I want you to keep the model in the same position, but your you and your camera are going to move so that you're now adjacent to the window. So the window is either to your left or to your right of the model and right. you, right? Yep. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah. So now what we're doing is we're working with side lighting mm. or split lighting. So... You've now got your model is a couple of meters away from the window. Take a shot, have a look, notice it. And then what I want you to do is move your model as close to the window that is physically possible. Mm -hmm. And then expose for the highlight side of the face. So you're taking a reading on the bright side of the face. And I want you to notice what happens with the light. Okay, I'm not going to tell you, I want you to notice and I want you to post your images to the Facebook group because what you're going to get is a very different kind of lighting than what you got when you had the window at your back. So that's going to teach you uh, so much about lighting and then 
so you're going to be able to uh, move your model away from the light source, move your model closer to the light source, and I want you to notice how that increases or decreases the amount of contrast on the face, okay? Mm. When you've done that and you're happy with the shots that you've got, I want you to then bring in a reflector. If you don't have one of those five-in-one reflectors, they're cheap as chips on um, uh sort of Amazon and eBay. I know all those services are still going, but if you don't have one, you can get a pizza tray or a bit of cardboard, <laughs> cover it with silver foil, or um, just get a you know some white card if you have it or something like that, anything that'll bounce some light back into the face and have a look what happens there. So bring your model right up to the close to the window and bring a reflector in very close uh, and see what happens. And again, it doesn't need to be a live person. And I actually, just for ease of doing this, I, I recommend that you take your time with this and don't have the... Um, don't have to feel intimidated by someone staring you down and tell, telling you to hurry up. Do it with um, a styrofoam head or a, a, a doll or a model mm. or something like that rather than a person so that you can take your time. And when you're confident with the technique and you know what you're doing and you feel like you can do it confidently, then if you have access to someone in the house, bring that person in and try that. Um, the next level suggestion just using daylight val is to try to create Rembrandt lighting by blocking out the bottom two thirds of the window so that you've got the window light that is only coming in from a much higher spot on the wall so that you mm -hmm. it's very similar to window light and you want to have it at about a 45 degree angle. So you can try and create that light if you want to try something harder and maybe that's something for the more experienced photographers. If you're a beginner, maybe stick to the first two techniques. If you are a more experienced photographer and you feel you've nailed daylight, I still want you to do the experiment with daylight first because once you have a record of how all of this looks just using daylight, I want you to then try and replicate the looks that you've achieved just with daylight. I want you to try and recreate daylight using continuous lighting or flash. Sounds easy, not as easy as it sounds. And if you can nail this, then you're doing really well. And it's also such an amazing skill to have because that means that you can light anywhere in any style, in any location. So it's, I think it's a really important um, skill to have. So, so for, the, for the more experienced photographers, can you replicate, can you shoot an image and make it look like it was shot with daylight? And if you can, please upload it. Um, and also for beginners, can you nail these two simple um, types of daylight lighting? And then you have... Two, when we're all back out in the world, you have two perfectly usable styles that you can use to create headshots and portraits, and you can use these anywhere as long as you can recognize where the good light is flowing. So once you've done these shots, post your images to the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook community um, page, and I want you to use the hashtag Gina Challenge Week One. Uh, share your images. The uh, best image will then become the next uh, Facebook page cover image for the following week. So good luck, everyone, and please share your photos. I look forward to seeing them.
Great. Hashtag Gina Challenge Week 1. And of course, if you want to recap on all of those instructions, you will find them at ginamilitia.com in the show notes. But Gina, you'll post this in the um, Facebook group too, right? I the, will, yeah. The instructions, yeah, to make it easier. Yeah, 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 but I'd yeah. love to see what you come up with and um, hopefully you learn a whole bunch of stuff as well. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that almost brings us to the end of this week's episode. So we have some Aussie slang of the week. It's been a little <laughs> while since we did Aussie slang of the week. And um, in light of world events... You have to let us know. So Gina's found this, you know, some re- that you get more than one Aussie slang this week. You have to let us know whether you understand what we're saying. When... Go for it, Val. All right. <laughs> Me boss tested Posse for the Rona. So now I'm in ISO. Pop down to Woolies for some Sani. But it's been bloody magpied. So <laughs> if you want a translation for that... <laughs> Me boss is my boss. Tested posy, positive, for the Rona, the coronavirus. So now I'm in ISO, isolation. Pop down to Woolies, that's Woolworths, for some Sani hand sanitizer. But it's been bloody magpied. That's the supermarket hoarders who buy a lot of things. <laughs> so I just love hearing you speak bogan. <laughs> That's just—it's uh, just my natural state, I think. Uh, it's not <laughs> at all. It's it mine. The boss <laughs> tested posy for the Rona, so now I'm in ISO. Pop down to Woolies for some Sani, but it's been bloody magpied. <laughs> so yes. throw that in a sentence during the week. Well, just uh, say that with, sentence. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just Good. say it's that fantastic. sentence to someone. So, Thanks to everyone who actually DM'd me with that uh, and uh, and posted that in the um, Facebook group as well. It's a classic. Love it's it. Definitely a classic. I am actually a closet bogan, Gina. Do you know what I did today? Because mm. while um, I'm spending time at home, I'm spending a lot of time on the Adobe Creative Suite and learning lots and lots of things. I've watched so many YouTube videos. And one of the things that I'm obsessed with right now is making, because I'm obsessed, because, you know, I do my artwork and I'm um, obsessed with getting licensed, you know, my images Mm -hmm. licensed. And one of the things that I'm doing is making pattern repeats um, because those are the things, they get licensed. Mm. And so I have been um, really trying to improve my skills with Illustrator on pattern repeats. And you many listeners may know may, may also know that I'm obsessed with writing and photo- uh, and typography. And so I did a pattern that's purely typography as in letters, but every repeat has the first three lines of a Bon Jovi song. Of course. <laughs> that's gold. But just jumbled. I mean, but I know that it's yeah. You know, it's 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 Oh, it's, so no um, one else will bon know that's just for your entertainment. I, I might, I've, I'll tell people because you'll, you'll be, it, and it's, it's genuinely the exact, yeah. the exact letters in the first three lines of, you know, a certain Bon Jovi song and that's in the repeat. So that's, that's what I do to amuse myself. I do similar stuff to amuse myself when I'm working on um, massive um, photo composite commissions, right? Mm. So, you know, 
that they're, they're huge, there'll be stuff on the tables or stuff in the backgrounds and no one will ever, ever see this except for me, but somewhere in the image mm. will be my little logo. I just put it somewhere. I hide uh... it in the image. I've had it on wine bottles. I've had it on the sides of buildings. It's everywhere. Vain? I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. But it's like no one will ever know. It's like not, not like I put my watermark across the image and people yes. will recognize it. I just do it for my, my own amusement. And, I and, love it. Okay. <laughs> next level. Yes. Sometimes when – have you ever had a difficult client? Oh, yeah. Mm. So sometimes when I'm – I can't believe I'm admitting this. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm sending them their file, uh, and this has only happened maybe twice in my 30-year career, all right? It's like I not do it every time. But in the file, you can actually um, put a watermark that is 1%, so it's never visible to the – no one will ever see it, right? But I will write exactly what I think of that client across the entire file as a new layer and then layer – you know – Flatten the image and send it off. Oh my god! Oh yeah, my god. amuses okay. me no end. Just makes me so happy because they've been difficult. But Val, you're back to your um, your designs, yes. right? There is no better time. You have to do this really quickly, though. Right. Have you designed? Um, I thought about this. So the new um, status symbol in Australia is not the Gucci handbag. No. It's the sorbent six pack. You <laughs> want to be seen out on the street with the sorbent six pack. So okay. for the rest of the world, non-Aussie listeners, the mm-hmm. sorbent six pack is the six pack of toilet rolls. And we, you all know, you've seen the absolute mm-hmm. shameful debacle that's gone on in some of the supermarkets here in the States and the rest of the world where people are fighting over, of all things, toilet paper. Mm-hmm. So to be seen sashaying down the street with the six pack, <laughs> now that's the new Gucci handbag, right? So right. Val, you know how you do your tote bags? Yeah. Well, so why don't you design a toilet paper um, <laughs> material? Like the six-pack. It would be fantastic. It would sell okay. out. It would make a killing for sure. All right. I don't know if I want to be designing toilet paper, Gina. You don't want to lower yourself. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I just stick with my Bon Jovi songs. I think Bon Jovi is actually as bogan as, as, as you need to be. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> All right. So this brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at Gina Militia, uh, ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Gina Militia. And um, if you want to connect with me in person, take your photography to the next level, then join me in the goal community. So you can find out about that by going to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining us this week and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.